Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 26 of Revelation chapter 11, and we're continuing to read in verse 13. In the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now this is a very full verse. There's a lot of information here that we have to be careful with. Uh, For instance, it, it mentions the same hour of those that great fear fell upon who ascended up to heaven in a cloud. And that we, we know is the hour of judgment. It, it is the completion of the 12 hour workday, the end of the great tribulation, the last hour, the one hour that identifies with the great tribulation expired. And then God in a figure in a sense, brought up the great multitude spiritually. They didn't go anywhere. No one was raptured. No one left the earth. But since they all were saved, they all now were seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. And the Lord views Judgment Day as a great earthquake. In the same hour was there a great earthquake, a spiritual earthquake. No one could see it, just like no one could see the door of heaven shut. It it, um, it was not uh, something visible, not something that people could perceive with their senses. They, they couldn't feel the ground shake. It was a spiritual earthquake, the end of God's salvation program. And we saw that the earthquake accomplished the purpose of finally freeing all of the prisoners. And and that's the point of Acts 16. At midnight, there was a great earthquake that just somehow um, uh, managed to open up all the prison doors and to set all the captives free. Can you imagine how impossible that is for one prisoner, let alone all the prisoners in a prison? And we don't know how many there were, but let's say there's uh 50 prisoners. And included in them are Paul and Silas. And they're in different cells, as far as we know. They're, they're in different prison cells. Imagine that, that you're one of these prisoners long ago in that dark dungeon in a cell and you're, you're uh, your prison cell is locked. There is some sort of lock on that. And not only that, but within your cell, you have bands that, that are, uh, binding you, maybe around your ankles or, or maybe even tied to your wrist. And then suddenly there's an earthquake at the time that you hear Paul and Silas, these two witnesses of God, you hear Paul and Silas 
singing and praising God and praying at midnight. And then there's a great earthquake, a megas seismos. It, it is a huge shaking of the prison. And, and you expect this is uh, probably it. You're going to die. But all it accomplishes, all the earthquake does is to open up the bars of your prison and your shackles that, that were on your ankle fall off. What a miracle that is that you would have to acknowledge that that's all it could be. That nothing else happened. The ceiling didn't collapse. The, the stones didn't fall on you. And, and then you poke your head out the prison, um, uh, door and you see the same thing happen to your neighbor's cell and to the one beyond him and all the men in the prison, however many there were, had their, their prison doors open. They had their bonds fall off. And they were free. It was a, a targeted earthquake, a great earthquake that accomplished precisely what God wanted it to accomplish. And that describes what happened on May 21, 2011 perfectly. God released all the prisoners, all of his elect that were held captive in Satan's dark a dungeon of sin, and they were all set free. But, uh, uh, but of course, that's a spiritual prison, isn't it? Uh, no one could ever see you or me when we were held fast. They they couldn't see the the cords of iniquity that wrapped about us. They they couldn't see um, our captivity to sin and to Satan. No one could see that. It, it was a spiritual prison and it took a spiritual earthquake to release the prisoners that were held fast in that spiritual dungeon. And that's what God did on May 21. He has freed all of the elect. Everyone to be saved was saved at the point of the great earthquake, at the point of judgment day. And, 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 uh, that's again what we're reading here. The same hour was there a great earthquake. And it goes on to say in Revelation 11 verse 13, the tenth part of the city fell and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now here we have three terms that normally identify or can identify with true believers. The tenth part, and and uh, you can look at it as a tenth part, or um, uh, it's also called a tithe in the Bible. The tenth part and the 7,000, uh, where God speaks of his elect in one place as 7,000 that did not bow the knee to Baal. And remnant is a phrase, it's a term that it, that often applies to the elect. But we're going to see, as we uh, look more deeply into this verse, that none of the ones in view in Revelation eleven thirteen 
none of them are the elect. God, uh, when when he says, and, and the tenth part of the city fell, that's not a good thing uh, to have the judgment of God come. It's judgment day, and and to be in the city that falls. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000. Again, that's not a good thing to be killed by the earthquake. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now that sounds like the true believers, but we'll see that God does um, reveal in the Bible that at points of judgment, the unsaved give glory to him, like Achan in the book of Joshua. Well, uh, let's first look at the tenth. The tenth part of the city fell. And, uh, well, actually, we're we're going to first look at the city. Uh, What city is it? Which city fell? And if we go over to Revelation 14, it says in verse 8, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So the verse we're, we're looking at, Revelation 11.13, says the tenth part of the city fell. It, it, it doesn't specify which city, but we do know that at the point of Judgment Day, God views the judgment he brings on the world as though he is judging a city, Babylon. And Babylon falls at that point. Also in Revelation, in Revelation 16, we read, beginning in verse 18, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake. So there, again, is the same uh, great earthquake in view. Such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. There we have the great earthquake, and the cities of the nations fell. Just just as in our verse, a great earthquake in the tenth part of the city fell. It, of course, it's not saying the same thing. But then notice what it goes on to say in verse 19. After it says the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Just as we read in uh, Revelation 14.8, that great Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and God is bringing her under wrath. And here um, there there is an association being made between the cities of the nations falling and great Babylon coming into remembrance. Uh, remember, uh, for some time we thought Babylon represented the church and only the church. And yet here in Revelation sixteen nineteen, when the great city is divided into three parts, the cities of the nations fall and great Babylon comes into remembrance. That means that the cities of the nations are great Babylon. The, the cities of the Gentiles, the cities of this world, exactly as we've learned that Babylon 
is the kingdom of Satan. And all that Satan conquers is a part of Babylon. So when when God gave up the churches and congregations and they came under the rule of Satan, then the church became part of Babylon, but Babylon is greater. Babylon is um, wider in a sense. It's larger than just the church. It includes the cities of the nations. It is um, the the great kingdom of this world that is set in opposition against the kingdom of God. Well, um, the the tenth part of the city fell, and and God very purposefully is saying that a tenth part of the city, which the city would be the world Babylon, a tenth fell, and uh, that's because the tenth part relates to the true believers. It relates to the elect. Let's look at a few verses that speak of a tenth or a tithe, um, beginning with Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is Jehovah's. It is holy unto Jehovah. So the tenth or the tithe is holy and it belongs to God. It is his. And, well, God, of course, um, laid out some other laws concerning tithing for Israel, that uh, the tithe was to be given to the Levites and was to support them. We're not going to look at those verses. We we just want to get this understanding that the the tithe belongs to the Lord, the tenth. In Isaiah chapter 6, we read um, uh, also of a tenth. In Isaiah 6, and I'm going to read from verse 11 through 13. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. And Jehovah have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten as a teal tree, and as an oak whose substance is in them, when they cast their leaves so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Remember, as we read in Leviticus 27, uh, the, the tithe is Jehovah's, it is holy. And here we read in Isaiah 6.13, in this time of desolation, that in it is a tenth, and then God speaks of it as a holy seed. It, it is pointing to God's elect. Uh, I'm a little unclear whether this is referring to uh, the time of the Great Tribulation when there was that terrible desolation in the churches or if it's referring to the time of Judgment Day itself. But in either case, what what this shows is that the tenth points to the Holy Seed. It points to... God's people. Uh, also in Malachi, 
in Malachi chapter 3, and Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. In Malachi 3, I'll start reading in verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith Jehovah of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now here, um, God is faulting Israel because they did not bring forth the tenth as he stipulated for the Levites. And this was part of the law of God. And as usual, Israel was not obeying the law of God. And so God says that they robbed him. Now, spiritually, spiritually, since the tenth relate to the holy seed, to the elect, this would relate to churches or to ministries that are um, turned into another gospel. And so when they preach their message of another gospel, there is no fruitfulness. There is no uh, salvation taking place, or, or there wasn't in the day of salvation. And therefore, there is no tithe being brought in. Nothing is being carried into the storehouse. And, and so, there, there's a robbery, spiritually speaking, because God ought to receive the tenth. And, and that would point to individuals becoming saved and, and being part of that holy seed that belonged to Him. But when there's a false gospel, there is no tithe. There, there is no one out of ten being given to God. Now that, actually is a historical statement, one out of ten, in the book of Nehemiah, after they had returned to Jerusalem, and they they built up the wall, the city was to be inhabited once again, but many people didn't want to live there. They wanted to live elsewhere. And so we read in Nehemiah 11, in the first two verses, and the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine parts to dwell in other cities. And the people blessed all the men that willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. Well, here, we see that lots were cast, and when a lot it was cast, the whole disposing thereof was of the Lord. That meant that God was selecting. God was choosing one out of the ten, you and you and you, and, and, and bypassing the nine others out of each group of ten, and that one, that tenth part, would dwell in the holy city, Jerusalem. And of course, that's a, 
uh, uh, clear picture of what God did in salvation when he elected a people to become saved. He predestinated them. The whole disposing of election was of the Lord, just like the casting of a lot. God chose, according to his own good pleasure, which one to save, like Jacob, and which one not to save, like Esau. And then God, after saving those elect, brought them into the holy city, Jerusalem above. They became citizens of that heavenly Jerusalem. And, and so we, we can definitely see that a tenth relates to the elect, to the true believer. Well, why then did the tenth part of the city, uh, fall? Uh, well, let me read it here because it actually says fell. In Revelation 11, 13, um, the same hour was there a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell. The tenth fell. Why is God using a figure like the tenth part, which which typically relates to the elect uh, at this point in time, which is Judgment Day, to indicate wrath has come down, like Babylon was fallen, was fallen. There's nothing good about falling. You're coming under the wrath of God. And I, I think we can find the answer as we saw earlier in the book of Revelation, back in Revelation chapter 8, with the third part. When God brought judgment on the third part, and he, he repeated that uh, again and again uh, to indicate that he was judging those in the churches. But the third part also was typically uh, used to describe the true believer. In Zechariah chapter 13 and in a couple of other places, the third part identified with the elect. And yet God still used that phrase to describe his wrath upon the churches and congregations of the world. And the reason is that the true believers were in the churches. The third part was in the churches for uh, hundreds and hundreds of years and and therefore the church began to take upon itself that identification as the true believers were so closely identified with them and 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 so when god uh, ended the church age and began to judge the churches he spoke of judgment on the third part and also in revelation 9 at the point of judgment day May 21, 2011, the Lord um, described the killing or the slaying of the third part of men. Something different had happened. There was the judgment on the third part during the 23-year Great Tribulation period. Um, the beginning of the judgment of God as judgment began at the house of God. But then on the day of transition, the third part was killed. They were slain uh, because there was no hope for them while they were in the churches to become saved at the hearing of the word of God as it was poured out through the latter rain. They, they weren't in a position to become saved. And then when the judgment transitioned to all the world, 
Well, that sealed their fate. It spiritually killed the third part of men. And we're reading a similar thing here in Revelation 11, verse 13, with this great earthquake, the tenth part of the city fell. The tenth part normally identifies with God's elect, but since the elect, the tenth part, were in the churches for almost 2,000 years, the church took upon itself that association with the tenth part, and now the tenth part of the city of Babylon, the churches and the congregations have fallen, and they are spiritually killed. And uh, actually, that's reinforced as God continues in this verse, speaking in the next next phrase, and in, in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000. Again, just like the third part of men were killed or slain, the 7,000 are slain. And we'll um, try to take a closer look at the 7,000 when we get together in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.